Hi there, I'm Nikki Saunders and you're listening to the Parenting Playbook podcast. Hi and welcome to this episode of the Parenting Playbook podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about anger and how to help your child when you can see that they're becoming frustrated or whether they're in a full-on rage. So firstly, let's dispel any assumptions that you may have about anger. Firstly, anger is a normal emotion. We all experience it and we all express it. But it often depends on how we express it, which makes all the difference as to how we are perceived by the person we are expressing our anger towards or around. Anger in itself is not a negative emotion. It is simply how people behave that creates this idea that anger is a bad thing. So, for example, some people shout or behave aggressively when they're angry. This is what makes anger a negative emotion or perceived to be negative, not the actual emotion itself. It's the behaviour attached to the emotion. So anger is normal, but how we manage it determines what the outcome is. So let's break that down a little bit. So if you think about it, we get angry when somebody does something that we don't like. So when somebody wants us to do something that we don't want to do, or somebody changes the plans without consulting us, and so therefore we get angry. But let's think about that. So somebody else does something that we don't like, and then we react with anger. Where does it say in the rule book of life that everybody in our lives is going to do things that always please us? Well, in my experience, there is no such rule. So we could ask ourselves, who are we to expect others to behave and do things that fit our expectations? I mean, after all, do you always do things to meet others' expectations or do you simply do what most of us do and live by your own values, morals and beliefs? And inadvertently, you're likely to anger people along the way, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's with intention. Children feel the same. You ask them, for example, to tidy their bedroom or come for dinner when they're in the middle of something. So they may may become frustrated and angry with you for wanting them to do something that they don't want to do. Children's emotions are exactly the same as ours, but they have not quite learned yet how to communicate in a way that is always reasonable and well thought through. So essentially, and this may be... um, an unusual concept for you. We can choose how we feel in any one situation and we certainly have the power to decide how we behave in response to that emotion if we take a little bit of a deeper dive into the things that fire us up and the things that don't. The more aware we are about our emotions, the more we have the power to control them and manage them. So now I'm pretty sure you may be listening to this thinking, what the hell does she mean we choose how we feel? No, no, we don't. It just happens. And I agree, this is often how it feels, but we interpret situations based on our experiences. And we have the power to choose to interpret or process things in a different way if we want to. And that's all I'm saying. 
if you think about it, we all react to things differently. Well, we all react to, react to different things in different ways. So something that might upset you may not upset another person. So for example, some people think it's perfectly acceptable to speak to each other in a rude and disrespectful way, maybe. Um, whereas for others, if they're spoken to in a rude and disrespectful way, this can be like a red rag to a ball. So how we react to our emotions is completely our choice. For us to respond rather than react to our emotions, we simply need to take a breath. And when we react, we are not thinking about what we're doing and what we're, what we're saying. We, we literally say and do things spontaneously. Whereas if we take one simple breath, we then have the time to consider how we're feeling and why we're feeling it and we can choose how to respond. Now, I appreciate this isn't always easy, but it's important for us all to know that we have the power to activate the power of choice in our emotions if we want to. So a lot of problems around emotions rear their head because often we don't know how another person's going to feel when we go about our daily lives. So we may do something that wouldn't anger us and then be surprised when it annoys another person. This can cause huge conflict in relationships as we find ourselves confused as to why people react so differently to different situations. One of the things we have to accept is that we are all different and understanding each other is the route to happy and healthy relationships. That does not mean we have to agree with each other's views and opinions all of the time. It simply means we have to accept differences. Now, the reality is the only person we have control of is ourselves. So if you're struggling with how you react to other people's anger or struggle to manage your own anger, the only part of that that you can control is you. Children, on the other hand, find this very difficult as their emotions are naturally dysregulated and they are learning from people around them and fundamentally their environment as to how to manage their emotions. So for now, let's go back to our emotions, because if we understand our emotions, we are better equipped to help our children with theirs. So where do our emotions come from and how do we know how to feel and how to behave? Well, as I've said before, we learn in childhood primarily about emotions. We observe our parents and how they manage their emotions. And we also are taught by our parents how to feel at any one time. So if you think about your childhood, did any of these apply to you when you were growing up? Were So let's think about anger was normal. And in your let's think about if anger was normal in your childhood home, and one or both of your parents either shouted or threw things or were aggressive when they were angry. Or maybe one of your parents would fly off the hand or the slightest thing and the other parent was the one that tried to defuse the situation. Or it could be that either you or one of your siblings were the person that defused situations in your family home. Or and this could be an and or, or um, you were told that anger was a bad thing and you shouldn't be angry. There are many repercussions to anger if children are not supported to manage and regulate their anger. And unfortunately, it does start with us as parents. So let's go over that list. So, for example, if you were that person where both of your parents either shouted or threw things or were aggressive when they got angry, 
one of two things may have happened in your programming. Either you find yourself doing the exact same thing in your family home, even if you hate it. So you may be able to see that you didn't like it in your childhood, but somehow you can't appear, well, you don't feel like you can stop it repeating in your family home. Or you may do the complete opposite and hate confrontation and try to avoid anger at all costs. So also, if one of your parents maybe flew off the handle and the other one was the one that tries to defuse the situation, again, are you copying your angry parent or are you copying your parent that used to defuse the situation? Either way, what is your partner like? Are they the opposite to you? Are they the angry ones or the diffuser? Or do both of you avoid anger altogether? If you were the person who diffused situations in your childhood at home or you watched your siblings diffuse situations, there's a good chance that you may avoid anger at all costs and surround yourself with people who are predictable and safe. Or maybe you were told by your parents that you were not allowed to be or express your anger and therefore you learned that anger is a bad thing. This often results in us swallowing our anger and can lead to all sorts of emotional and psychological health challenges. Now what you'll learn about me is that I'm not a massive fan of the term mental health. Somehow the term mental just feels really harsh and like we're going a bit mad when in fact we all have psychological health. Some of us have better psychological health than others but we all have it. It's simply how we manage it and it all starts with our emotions. But if we are to use the term mental health, if we suppress our emotions, this can lead to anxiety, depression and destructive coping mechanisms. So not to mention the ton of other mental health illnesses that so many people suffer from. So understanding our emotions is essential to having a healthy psychological mind. So if you look at all of these outcomes, none of them enable you to express and manage your emotions freely and in a healthy way. What they are is essentially your parents' upload of their experiences and what they learned about emotions, which has been uploaded into your belief system as to how to identify and experience emotions and therefore how to react or respond to them. One of the things I feel passionately about is helping parents to help their children to manage their emotions. But because this starts with us, we have to understand ourselves before we can even begin to help our our children. If, of course, we don't want to repeat the family patterns that have often been steeped in our families for decades. So how do we get around this? So let's go back to our children's anger. So children will copy what we do. Whether we like it or not, if we shout, they'll shout. If we suppress our anger, they are likely to suppress their anger. If we throw a complete tantrum at every opportunity, um, if things don't go our way, then guess what? So will they. The aim is to help our little people with emotional dysregula- emotionally dysregulated brains, which they have. We, of course, don't have the excuse that our brains aren't fully developed. But that doesn't mean as adults we have regulated emotions. 
because because what we know is that if we haven't had support to manage our emotions in childhood this can then become compounded by our experiences in life and we go through life often feeling confused about how other adults seem to manage situations that we struggle with what it does mean is that children are simply learning from us and the people around them if you think about it a natural response uh, to it is it's a natural response to back off when we see that somebody is angry few people like to be shouted at or be faced with somebody expressing their anger towards them we often literally step back from a person that is angry and fundamentally that's the idea when somebody is angry that is often what they want they want to take control of a situation as their anger has been fired up because they are feeling out of control ironically by shouting and hollering their behavior is out of control But the aim is to get the other person to either do what they want them to do or to stop them from doing what they are doing. Think about your child. You want them to come for dinner. They shout, no, I don't want dinner. I'm playing my game. Fundamentally, this is buying them time. (laughs) Um, And potentially you may respond with a more stern call for dinner and they get even more angry and more frustrated. Now, eventually they may come for dinner, but they may also sit with their arms crossed refusing to eat dinner because they want control back. Now, children don't know this. They don't know, they don't consciously think, oh, I want control, I want power. But it's human nature to want to have a degree of control in our lives. And as soon as children get on their feet and, you know, you'll find that um, toddlers will want to put their socks on and they get ever so frustrated when they can't put their own socks on. But they don't want any help. They just want to do it themselves. So um, when when children are emotionally dysregulated, they can get very frustrated very, very quickly. But anger is very often about control, wanting our own power. It's not necessarily wanting to control another person. It's about being able to have our own power. It can also be intrinsically linked to anxiety. If you've ever come across the anger iceberg, you will be able to see that the tip of the iceberg shows the anger. But underneath it all, we can get angry because we are fearful of something going wrong or something terrible will happen. If you think about it, fear, which is um, also anxiety, has the elements of fight, flight or freeze. And when anxiety is the root emotion to anger, this is when the fight element kicks in. So this is when we get angry. So let's look at some key tips for helping your child manage their anger. Firstly, separate your emotions from your child. Just because they're angry, it doesn't mean you have to trump them with your anger. This is not or should not be a power battle. As parents, we often believe we have more power than children. And actually, if we see them as small humans and help them to manage their emotions, decision making and behaviour in in an age appropriate way, then we are all winning. None of us want to be in conflict with our children. Also, ask yourself, are they copying you? If so, what do you need to do to change how you react so that they can learn a better way to respond when they get angry? Teaching rather than telling is so much more powerful. Remember that 
they are naturally dysregulated. So maybe cut them some slack. And although you may not see the need for them to get angry, and remember, this is not personal. They are not necessarily angry at you. They simply don't want to do what you want them to do right now. That doesn't mean that we have the right to minimise their feelings. Make sure you give them cues. So if dinner will be ready in half an hour, tell them so that they can be can prepare and they know they need to wrap up whatever it is they're doing. Make sure you keep giving them a countdown so that they don't lose track of time. Validate their frustrations. If you think about it, if you're angry in life about something and if somebody responds with anger because you're angry, how do you feel? Now, often we can feel even more angry when somebody has said, well, why are you angry about that? So, however, if you think about it, if you are angry and your partner says, I can see that you're angry, and that's understandable because that's a really annoying situation or whatever it happens to be, all of a sudden, the validation enables our nervous system to ease and our anger begins to disperse. And children are the same. So maybe say to your child, I can see that you're angry because I'm asking you to come for dinner. And I understand that you don't want to finish what you're doing right now. If you come for dinner now, it will still be nice and warm. Otherwise, your dinner's going to get cold. But say this in a warm and non-threatening way. It's up to you which, and just say to them, it's up to you which you choose. This may sound like you're giving your child complete control. But in fact, you're giving them a choice and they choose whether they eat a hot dinner or maybe a lukewarm dinner. (laughs) Children, in fact, all humans love to have some semblance of control. Therefore, where possible and if it's safe, it's important to find those opportunities where you can give them control if it isn't going to have any adverse effects on them or your family. Often we want children to do things on command because we believe it's teaching them respect or order in life. But in fact, variably, we want control because we're the adults and we feel that we should have control because, of course, the ch- a child's brain doesn't understand how to navigate the world. So we need to take control of that. Remember, you cannot take control of another human. They decide whether they will or they won't do something. And children are masters of this. If you give a child a little control, they are less likely to try and take control. So this is all about playing the long game, because when they're 15 and they've decided that they're going to kick against your control and go out anyway, this can cause huge challenges for for them and for you. If you think about it, many years ago, the naughty step was a big thing. And yeah, you can put a two, three, four, five, six-year-old on the naughty step. But actually, you try putting a 15-year-old on the naughty step, it really doesn't work. So let's go back to the dinner scenario. And you're, you're introducing the concept that depending on what decision they make determines the outcome. So, for example, if they don't come for dinner, then their dinner is likely to be lukewarm or, dare I say, cold. And as hard as this would be, do not reheat their dinner when they're ready, as essentially this defeats the object of the teaching. If they found themselves eating a lukewarm dinner, they will remember next time that, and they would likely next time, they're more likely to remember that dinner wasn't so tasty last time. So maybe they will come to the table when it's, when it's hopefully a little bit warmer. <laughs> so voila you have helped them to learn about accountability and and enabled them to use their brain in a way that helps them to grow. But again, all of these things need to be done in an age-appropriate way. 
So the next point is do not personalise their anger. They are not being disrespectful. They are simply showing you how they feel. Also, when they have calmed down, speak to them about what made them angry and how that felt for them. Also explain that the reason that you don't shout, because by now you won't be shouting as much, that's right, isn't it? (laughs) Is because you know it upsets people and you don't like maybe feeling that way as well. And how can you help them share their anger with you without shouting? They may not know the answer to this question, but you're introducing the concept that maybe they can communicate their anger without going into a rage. So maybe say to them, it's okay to be angry, but come and speak to me about what's annoyed you. You don't need to shout and we can sort it out together, but again, in a very soft and warm manner. This helps children to feel that they have a voice and their opinion matters. You will not always be able to collaborate with your child about every situation. And this is why I say take every opportunity you can to give them their own power and their own control of themselves where possible. I promise you it pays off when they get to those pesky teenage years. So the next point is do not punish them for feeling angry. This can encourage children and adults as well to feel that anger is a bad thing. And essentially children do not, they want to please us. So don't punish them for feeling. If their behaviour is questionable, then they are, when they're calm, speak to them about that behaviour. But remember it's the behaviour and you need to speak about the behaviour and not personalise it to them. So this is where it's really important that we don't say, well, you were really naughty for behaving in that way. Maybe use the term like, I really didn't like that behaviour and it's really important that we look at that behaviour. So rather than personalising the behaviour, isolate the behaviour and talk about the behaviour rather than them. And um, if needs be, explain to them that throwing things or hitting is not okay and explore what you can do together to help them to change that behaviour. This may be that between you, you decide that they have a reduced screen time, for example. This must be done collaboratively and again, age appropriately, because you want them to decide with you what the consequences of that behaviour would be if it were to happen again. And therefore, when the time arises, they are fully aware of what they have agreed to do. It's always good to remind them if you can see they're starting to ramp up, just maybe say to them, do you remember what we spoke about last time when you started to get angry before? And just remind them of the conversation that you had and as I said before children don't like feeling angry who does I mean and certainly you know none of us like to feel angry do we and they certainly don't like going to a place where they know that they're going to upset their parents by their actions but remember they are dysregulated so this is inevitable at some level so ask them what do you think we should do if this happens next time and they may say oh I'm not allowed my iPad for a day often weirdly they come up with some really extreme consequences it's really interesting with children Um, but this gives you an opportunity to say well maybe that's a bit harsh (laughs) how about we say we reduce your ipad down to x y and z however much time that is this will show them that you are prepared to be reasonable and work with them on helping them to manage their behavior 
next point is don't layer punishments. We have a nasty habit of saying, right, you're not having your iPad for an hour. And when, when they are frustrated with your decision and continue shouting because they're frustrated, we then layer it and say, right, that's it, two hours. Please don't do this. Hopefully you will have come up with a solution together before this erupts. So simply remind them that you agree together that the consequence of the behaviour is X. Although they may not like this, they will have an awareness that they did agree to it. So calmly remind them of that. At the same time, keep validating their emotions by saying something like, I understand that you're frustrated and that's okay. Let's think about what we can do instead. So maybe maybe occupy them, maybe distract them, and but do all of this whilst remaining really calm. That's not always easy. I understand that. Next point is don't punish them with silence or keep going over what they've done. Once the conversation has been had and a resolution has been found, move on. And the final point is remember to make all of these tips age appropriate and use language that they understand. Children don't understand long, drawn out, complex communication. So keep it simple, calm and understandable for them. Remember, they're small humans, but they are and they are not small adults. So adapt your expectations to meet their stage of life. I think if you speak to a lot of children, they will feel lectured if you are talking to them for an extended period of time in a language they don't understand. And essentially, they just stop listening. Being a parent can be tough at times because we too have different pressures and stresses. So we don't always feel calm and measured. But if you can take these steps a majority of the time, then you are building trust and respect between you and your child. If, however, you go off track and implement a consequence without sticking by your own parenting rules, so you randomly just come up with a, that's it, this X, Y and Z is being taken away from you then you can always backtrack and apologise for, for being reactive and reset with your child. It's important for children to learn that we all get things wrong from time to time and that's okay. So when we get things wrong, we are teaching them that we, there is always a way back when we make mistakes. I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast and I'll look forward to speaking with you soon. Bye for now. Thank you for joining me on this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you know anybody that may enjoy listening to this podcast, please like and share it. And also feel free to leave me a review. Also, if there are any topics that you would like me to cover in the future episodes, then drop me a message and I'll be sure to make it happen. For more hints and tips on your parenting journey, please follow me on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. And I look forward to speaking with you soon. Bye for now.